1: Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Bloggers podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by our old pal, Zach Hicks of Villarreal USA. Zach, how are we doing today?
0: I'm doing fine.
1: Good, good. Happy to have you on. So our two teams are playing together in about a week. Uh, we're recording early just because of the uh, US holiday uh, Thanksgiving and kind of travel and all that this week. So between now and then, both of our teams have uh, pretty important matches that will certainly do a lot to determine kind of the, the vibe and the feeling of each team going into this weekend. Uh, I'll go first. Barcelona's Champions League season pretty much rests on what happens this week. Uh, if we lose to Benfica, we then have Bayern Munich, and that, you know, probably not going to go great for us. Um, your team, on the other hand, has one of the more fascinating, like, you were getting Manchester United at either the best or the worst time you could possibly get them this week. Are you excited that they sacked their manager before this match, or are you worried? I,
0: I don't know. I mean... Ole could always be counted on to do something completely uninspiring, which was, you know, kind of encouraging. Um, So I I really don't know what we're walking into, um, but I know they don't have a lot of time to come up with any kind of original plans uh, between him getting fired and this match. So I'm hoping it it plays to our favor.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about the – the first matchup between United and Villarreal. So, what do you, what do you recall being frustrated at in that match?
0: Cristiano Ronaldo is the most inevitable human being in the history of the sport. And just like,
1: it, like him
0: in the Champions League, and it's not even like him in general. It's like we faced him plenty of times when he was in La Liga. But him in the Champions League is just the most inevitable freaking thing possible, and you just know, like you knew, like you were watching the end of this game, and you're like, "Oh, Ronaldo's about to do something stupid," and then there it goes. Like you, you couldn't stop it; there was nothing you could do.
1: Yeah, and uh, Atlético fans would happily agree with you about the inevitability of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, let's talk about your point this weekend against Celta Vigo. Uh, was it a good point? I, I know you guys talked about it being vital in your kind of match recap, but were you happy walking away from that?
0: So as soon as Unai Emery started four fullbacks in the game, <laughs> I knew he was playing for a draw. And I don't know why he's playing for a draw because our league season is going terribly. And frankly, we need three points in Liga worse than we need to advance to the Champions League knockouts. So based on the starting lineup he gave us, okay, fine, the draw was a decent enough result. But, like, I really, as blasphemous as it may sound to people who are obsessed with the Champions League, I would have rather he put out a decent attacking line of the consulta, get those three points, and just roll the dice with maybe drawing Manchester United. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I've never understood how he rotates for Europe. It worked out last year, but I feel like the priorities are kind of in the wrong place right now.
1: Well, yeah, and even, I mean, even if tomorrow's, or yeah, it's tomorrow, um, even if the match against United goes bad, you guys have Atalanta in the last match day, and if assuming they be young boys, right, they'll be one point ahead of you guys if you lost, so, you know, all hope is not lost if things go poorly against United. Um, the match against Celta Vigo kind of got me thinking, is, bef- I, I guess if we had chatted before the La Liga season started, what would you have said your expectations were for your side?
0: oh i would have thought we should have been pushing for i think what i exactly said was if we made it to the champions league knockouts then i wanted to see us finish in the european places and wherever we were in the european places would be fine but if we weren't going to make the champions league knockouts i expected us to make top four um because we spent more money than anybody else we had a good side already we spent more money than anybody else we completely nailed the dinjuma signing signing like we We should be. That's where we should be. It just hasn't happened.
1: Um, Who has been the biggest disappointment for Villarreal so far this season? Um, And you can't say Unai Emery. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: When I first saw Boulardia play for us against Chelsea, I was like, holy cow, this guy's a genius. Like some of the off-ball runs he made, the way he timed some of his pressures. He had an incredible assist that game. I was like, finally we have like the the striker pairing with Gerard Moreno that we need. And I don't know how much of it is the fact that Gerard has missed most of this season, um, but Dia just hasn't been that guy yet it, it, the vast majority of the time he's played. And it's kind of left us in this situation where We've got really good attacking play from the wings, but nothing in terms of a focal point that we can rely on. That's been really disappointing.
1: Yeah. Um, I I just got to say, I was kind of browsing your blog this morning, just getting ready for the uh, for the interview, and I have to say, your uh, your piece a few weeks ago about uh, Unai Emer, uh being kind of hinted at for the Newcastle job, Oil State reportedly after the services of <laughs> Unai, Emer, it, it it did get a good chuckle out of me. Um, are you? If you had to give a grade to Unai Emery as a Villarreal manager as a whole, right? What would you give him at this point?
0: Oh, as a whole, I think he's still in a solid like B plus range. I okay. mean, it, it it cannot as frustrating as this season has been. I, I I think it it should not be understated exactly how incredible and crucial it was for him to be the guy who brought the very first. Major trophy in club history to Villarreal. I mean, and the way it happened with all the drama in the Europa League final, I mean, it just, no matter what else he does, he will have a high place in Villarreal history forever for bringing that trophy home. Um, And so uh, things would have to get a whole lot worse this year for me to really, as frustrated as I get with him on a week to week basis. For me to so like have a negative view of him overall, things would have to get a whole lot worse.
1: No, I mean it is hard to remember just because you know the last couple of years have been such a whirlwind of time, right? That match against United in the final was only, I guess, that was end of May, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, not that long ago. Um, heading into the match, you know, let's let's just assume nothing catastrophic happens against United. Heading into the match against Barcelona, what are the expectations for your side playing against this? Um, uh, you know they got their 10 win against this uh let's just call them plucky now because i feel like that's a word that's going to get thrown around against this plucky new start barcelona team all right
0: on a like big picture level i'm not scared of barcelona i don't think that they have very good tools in the, anywhere in the back and i think that a lot of these young midfielders are getting overworked Wait, wait wait wait, attack- let me stop
1: you. Didn't you hear we signed Danny Alves? Come on.
0: <laughs> with, with all with all possible due respect to Danny Alves, um even him at his peak wasn't going to like make me think, "Oh, and his defense just got a whole lot, lot better." Um and like the, the the attackers don't make sense to me. I mean, there, there's a lot of talent in the attacking front, but as a unit, they don't make sense to me. But we're such a mess on our own side that like I can't come into this and be like oh yeah we're, we're super confident because we haven't played worth anything 90% of the season either um, I, I, I'm very curious to see if against us if the Chavi new manager bump starts to come into play because I really didn't think like his appearance really inspired a whole lot in the, in the derby y'all had last weekend you may feel differently about that Nice. Um, but it was, a. It, I kind of, I kind of felt like it was a somewhat questionable. I don't think it was quite the travesty that everybody else said it was, but it was a somewhat questionable penalty that got y'all to win in that game. And there was nothing in that performance that said, oh, Chavi's bringing in a whole new thing. You know, this, this is Barcelona back. So I, on one hand, I'm not so much scared of Barcelona. As I am fully aware that we are capable of turning any possible advantage into a draw at best. And so I, I just I'm not that confident.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So the whole like new manager bump idea, right? And that's something that I, I talked about with a, a guest a couple of weeks ago when this was rumored, is like I never felt like as you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say Ronald Kumo was a good manager uh because one i'd probably get fired um the the people would just come from my head in the comment section but i also don't necessarily think he was like holding them back from this unbelievable future i think there were some different things he could have done um but between the financial situation and the injuries to a lot of the really good attacking players that barcelona have there was just there was no there was no world where xavi came in and all of a sudden this team is a you know top 3 team in europe yeah i um i was actually writing for uh, the Everton blog in the
0: SB Nation network when Cumin was there um, and so I got to see firsthand how another fan base like really got to you know go through the Ronald Koeman experience and the thing is he he's not a moron like he he's he's not a very good man manager right he's not the guy that's gonna like inspire people and make them feel good about themselves but technically speaking he's not an idiot uh, you know, like towards the end of some of his reigns, he gets to the point where he's just throwing stuff at the wall, hoping something will change things around, but overall he's decent. And and like you said, I just, with everything else going on at Barcelona, his particularly his man management seems to have been a problem, but not like the sum of all the things that were going on there. Um, I I just, you know, I'm just impressed that y'all are up to like what sixth in La Liga when you're mostly playing a U-19 team. I mean, that that's pretty impressive to me.
1: Yeah, uh, sixth in the Liga, 10 points off the top of the table with Real Madrid. There's only four points separating Villarreal in 12th place and Barcelona in sixth place, which uh, says a lot. So right now, you know, Barcelona would be in the Europa League uh, qualifiers, which is huge for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> gosh, um, what... As a Villarreal, you know, you, you write about Villarreal, you're you're covering this team. What is it like watching and I asked um, I asked the guys over at Into the Cauldron and Managing Madrid this as well. I'm always fascinated to get the La Liga perspective of, of flailing Barcelona. What are your thoughts? What have they been from a distance watching Barcelona this year? Like are you are, are you a spiteful Barcelona watcher or are you a uh, when Barcelona's good, the league's better?
0: Um, with no ill will intended towards many Barcelona fans that I have so much respect for. I absolutely relish Barcelona being bad. Like it is just it is. Yes, the most... see see the other two guys just
1: gave me like these kind of like apolitical answers. That this this is what no. I'm here for
0: no 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 i i just i am eating it up with a spoon i love every bit of it i would have loved every bit of it anyway if the whole super league thing hadn't happened last last spring but then that happened and then they just dove off a cliff right after that and like the drama and the the political drama at the club and these guys who have won every trophy imaginable having to like struggle to get to Europa League qualifiers and everything it's like oh this is so beautiful. I I, I love, it. love it. Look, it since we're clearly not going to do it if if uh Real Sociedad goes on and just wins this league this year, I'll be thrilled for it because I, it's one of those things that as much as I like to take La Liga's success in Europe and beat my Premier League fan friends over the head with it, um at the at the end of the day, if like we could have a year where like Real Madrid finished, you know, 16th and Barcelona finished 17th. I'd be thrilled. I I just, I'd I'd be thrilled. Welcome to what the rest of us deal with year in and year out, you know, again, with no ill will towards Barcelona fans anywhere. And
1: and you mentioned the Premier League thing, Uh, by the way, we're kind of losing that superiority over the last couple of years. Like that always kind of used to be the thing that I could throw around is like, yeah, well, you know, our league might not be as deep, but man, when you get us in Europe, watch out. And it's just like, it has not been that way the last few years, has it?
0: No, it hasn't. No, um, it hasn't. That's um, the one that, that, that's one thing I think all of La Liga should appreciate am ready for last year. Um, because, you know, it, although, although looking back at it now, we really should have beaten Arsenal more comfortably than we did um, because they're, they're awful. Um, but, but, beating Arsenal and then Manchester United gave, like, La Liga that little bit of self-respect. And be like, oh, yeah, we still kind of got it, sort of.
1: <laughs> Good grief. Um, is there anyone at Barcelona right now, like, going into this match that you are worried about, sort of, you know, controlling the game and beating you guys at your own game?
0: Um, I don't know, because it's... I've been completely just begging Unai Emery to play in a counter attack all year I mean just begging him to he he gets obsessed with this like slow build up let's take 15 passes to advance the ball 15 yards type stuff um so I'm what I'm hoping is that Barcelona is talented enough in midfield that they can push us back and make us play in the counter um so if anything I kind of hope that some of these young guys you got, and I'm sorry, I can't keep track of which ones are healthy and which ones aren't. I know Pedri's out.
1: Come on, come
0: um, on. I I, I know <laughs> Pedri's out. um Fati still struggling with issues right now, right? Yeah. But y'all got y'all got Gavi and um, and then y'all I, played that 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 brand new winger who I joked on Twitter is going to get a start for Spain in like three months. Are um, you talking
1: about Nico? Uh, uh, Ilias I think his name was. Okay, yeah. Um,
0: and you know, like, I'm hoping these guys with their talent can put us enough on the back foot in possession that we can play on the counter attack. Um, and if that's the case, then no. As as ironic as it sounds, if y'all can put us on the back foot, then I'm really not worried about any one of your guys like taking over and and beating us. But if we end up having the majority of the possession in this game, then somebody's going to end up in a one-on-one sprint with Raul Albiol and you are going to beat us. I mean, there's just nothing else we're going to be able to do
1: about it. Yeah, I mean, frankly, just like looking at the possession stats, I think Barcelona had about 66 or 67% of the percent of the possession against Espanyol in the Derby. And then I think, I'm looking at the match for you guys, and I think you guys had only about 43% of the possession against Celta Vigo. So, I mean, it could... If you want them to play on the counterattack, I, I would personally the way I see this game going, it feels like that's how it's gonna be. Barcelona are gonna try to soak up the possession, um, with the midfield. I well, mean a- anytime De Young is on the pitch, like I expect Barcelona to try to play a possession based attack.
0: Yeah. Well and you should. I mean because yeah. um, he's excellent. Um and, and really I'm talking I, about I Frankie not... De
1: young by the way, not uh, not Luke. Just just to be <laughs> clear <laughs> Oh I, I really thought you were going
0: with the uh the, the... The discount Olivier Giroud. Uh, that, oh man, okay. <laughs> me um, it, really, I didn't mind the amount of possession we had against Celta. It was just the fact that the two quote unquote wingers were Alberto Moreno and Ruben Pena. So like it didn't matter. Like it was like oh yeah, we're on the counter, but they're jogging and catching up with our players, and we have nobody that can really shoot and. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, Tuesday to the weekend is a long enough gap that he'll go ahead and he'll play, um, some of our fast wingers. And when, you know, y'all pushes back in possession, then all of a sudden you get maybe Danny Alves trying to mark Sammy nature out wide. And, you know, we can, we can get a goal that way. Like that would be ideal.
1: Oh, <laughs> that sentence hurts so much. Um, I'm going to be honest. I really care about the match between the, our two teams, but I'm honestly more excited for the Champions League matches midweek against Manchester United. Like just off the cuff, what is your prediction? Like what do you, and you don't have to give me a score, but like what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think that um, we're going to get a draw on this one. I think that Emory's looking at the table
0: and he's like, hey, um, if we need to do something against Adelaide on the last day, I can manage that. So let's just make sure we get a draw against Manchester United and he's going to put out a really, you're going to see really well-organized two banks of four, and he's going to count on the fact that because they're in a managerial transition, that they're not going to have an innovative enough plan to get past it. Um, Not going to be the prettiest football in the world, but um, I think that's what he's going to be going for.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, having the match at home, I think is honestly probably, uh, I would I would favor you guys if this was in Old Trafford for some weird reason because like <laughs> I think 20 minutes of of poor football and all of a sudden they're just the booze are coming in um I just like like you said Ronaldo is inevitable in the Champions League and I think if Sancho has his day and Bruno's out there playing well like that's such a things can go things can go from okay to just bad but the the pro- for Villarreal but the problem is for United right is like they just haven't been able to flip that switch any time recently. And if I had to, like, if, if I were placing a bet, I would honestly place a bet on Villarreal winning just because I have not seen anything out of United that convinces me they can score more than one goal.
0: The The problem, though, is that if Unai Emery gets a lead, he stops caring about scoring. Yeah. And it's just, like, what? I, I literally predicted it before I sailed the match in the match preview. I was like, we have a prediction section at the bottom. And I was like, um, Villarreal takes a 1-0 lead in the first half. And then Unai Emery
1: finesses it into a draw. And we can see second half, it happen. It's literally exactly what happened. I mean, Moreno scored uh, pretty early. Wasn't it like before the 30th minute?
0: Yeah. And, and it was like, it was like he managed, Emery managed to sub on better attacking players and still become less aggressive going forward. It, I mean, it was, it was almost impressive. And so it just, it's one of those things. It's like, um, and really, that's what he did in the Europa League final um, against Manchester United. I I just, I I think it's one of those things that if we get the lead, Emery's going to be like, okay, now we sit back in our two banks of four and wait for Ronaldo to tie the game in like the 85th minute. Because I, I just, I don't, and it's one of those things that, in a knockout style tournament it works because what he's doing is he's managing the big picture he's like we get a draw against um you know if we get a draw against united then we have our fate in our own hands against atalanta um and he likes that um but i don't know it, it just it's really hard to watch it's really hard to watch and get excited for as a fan and that's kind of where i'm at on it.
1: wow that was kind of a depressing way to end things um (laughs) <laughs> Listen, Zach, do you have any last thoughts any last uh, um, anything else you want to say to the people before our two teams face off here in, in the next few days? um
0: just that I hope that with shallvy taking over that one of the things he does because Komen introduced a lot of the young guys, but in my opinion he overplayed them. In my opinion, part of the reason why Pedri's having the the injury issues he's having now, is because Kuman was like, oh, I've got this really useful teenager. I'm going to run him into the ground. So I'm hoping that as Xavi takes over, he gives the young guys a chance while still keeping them healthy and that your fan base is patient enough to let him do that because um, you couldn't possibly have anybody more Barcelona than Xavi running the show. And I really think the best way, as much as I I would be disappointed to not be able to make jokes about Mark anymore, (laughs) um the best way for y'all to get back to where you need to be is to give him enough patience that says hey even if we just make the Europa League this year that's okay because he's setting things up for the
1: future yeah uh no a hundred percent agree and I think last week we had Kevin Williams on and uh he kept saying right. you know Dewan Laporte said, can't fire Chavi and my response was he can't but that doesn't mean he won't <laughs> right. and it's like i'm uh i'm not so worried about there's always the irrational barcelona fan as you and i both well know um but i'm more so worried that in 18 months if things if barcelona don't see themselves as a top three team in europe which they probably won't be that the rumors will start and that's when things start to suck because this is a multi-year well, project
0: and that's especially hard when real madrid still find themselves right up near the top of the table Uh, because those two fan bases compare everything to what the other one is doing
1: well it sucks even Uh, worse because the guy propelling them we uh apparently had him and then real madrid came in and signed Vinicius for like double or whatever (laughs) and now he's just over there dominating (laughs) yeah anyways cool well zach thank you for joining us everyone be sure to check out villarreal usa before the weekend they do great work over there and uh, zach we will chat again soon
0: all right thank you very much for having me on i appreciate it